March is here, and the madness is about to begin. West Virginia knows its fate for the NCAA tournament in both men's and women's basketball, and we're here to set the stage for what promises to be an eventful tournament for both Mountaineer squads. It's the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you as always by Print and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, yourwvlawfirm.com. Nick Farrell here alongside Sam Coniglio. Sam the man, Big Sam. Most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? I've been looking forward to it since uh, October, really, since we started covering the Mountaineers uh, in the beginning of the season. Um, it's it's just a relief that it's here, and it's a relief that the Mountaineers on both ends have snuck in. So it's 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 glad we're here. Glad so we're going to break down the bracket for both the men's team, which is a nine seed playing games in Birmingham. Then we'll talk about the women, a 10 seed playing in College Park, Maryland. So what's the common thread? It is Maryland, isn't it, between the two teams? That's West Virginia's first round opponent. Uh, but before we get into that, were you surprised by either team, not just getting into the field, but getting in where they got in at a nine for the men and a 10 for the women? For the men, not particularly. Um, it, it seemed like the, the signs were pointing towards a nine mm -hmm. seed for the men. Uh, they played themselves off the bubble pretty clearly at the end of the regular season. Got a win in the Big Big Twelve tournament. That I don't know how much that helped their resume, but um, given some outside factors, you know, nine or a ten seed was pretty. I, th I thought that was pretty solid. Um, the the real shocking thing was that they were the first nine seed announced. That made our jobs so much easier. Nice, quick, and easy. Very yep. easy. Um, the women. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was a complete shock. Everything that I was looking mm -hmm. to forecasts, um, not necessarily a complete shock. We knew they were on the bubble, right? Um, but uh, it seemed the, the indicators were saying that they were on the wrong side of the bubble and, and uh, we were getting ready for an NIT run. Again, one of the first teams they showed on the screen was West Virginia as a 10 seed in College Park. Um, you know, that was definitely a, a pleasant surprise for for everybody involved. All right, so let's break down the men's bracket. Technically, action begins in the NCAA tournament Tuesday and Wednesday at the first four. Uh, Sam, are those really NCAA tournament games? I think they are. Yeah, I mean, it's, except for when Pitt plays in them, right? Yeah, that. that oh, okay, that one okay, count. yeah, that right, one doesn't all right. Count. Gotcha. But every every other one does. It. I I I think once they added the eleven seeds, then it kind of made it a uh, an actual. 11 tournament. seeds playing in the first four rather than like right. the automatic qualifiers from conferences that are one bid leagues. Exactly. Yeah. Rather than just like a 16 seed playing to get right. beat by Duke. Um, <laughs> you know, but 11 seeds can actually make a run and they have made a run, made runs right. coming out of the first four. So, yeah, I, I think they are definitely NCAA tournament games. And I, I enjoy the fact that they play the games in Dayton. You know, at an Atlantic 10 arena, it gives it a real college basketball feel rather than playing at, you know, Capital One Arena in D.C. or some right. big, you know, NBA arena. We only have to look back two years to see Mick Cronin's UCLA team believe they were an 11 coming out of a first four yeah, I uh, you're right. to, to go all the way to the final four. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they are legit games. I'm just making a joke about no, Pitt because there are so many Pitt fans yeah. that are absolutely triggered by the Panthers being in the first four. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. A team that West Virginia beat by about 30 points. Yeah, that's right, by 25. But what we are here to talk about is West Virginia's path to the Sweet 16, which would be in Louisville. It starts in Birmingham Thursday at noon Eastern on 
CBS. Nine seed West Virginia taking on eight seed Maryland. That is the first first round game of the tournament. So really the spotlight is going to be shining brightly on the Mountaineers and Terrapins in that game at Legacy Arena in Birmingham. The other game in that bracket, number one, Alabama is either going to face number 16, Southeast Missouri State, or number 16, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. That game is a Thursday at 2.30 Eastern tip on CBS. The first four game between Southeast Missouri State and Texas A&M Corpus Christi is set for Tuesday at about 6.30 or 6.40. So Alabama is the number one overall seed. So West Virginia drawn into a pod with the Crimson Tide. We'll talk more about them in just a second. First, want to focus on this regional matchup that's going to be played somewhere far away from West Virginia. Just like the Marshall game in 2018 was played all the way out on the West Coast, they're going to play West Virginia-Maryland, which is a border battle in the NCAA tournament in Alabama. Uh, taking a look at Maryland, you've got four guys who average 11 points or more per game, led by Jameer Young, who averages 16.5 points per game and is one of the best veteran scorers in the country. Uh, Sam, I guess I'm wondering, you know, West Virginia has had success against teams that have high-scoring guards. The UAB game with Jelly Robinson comes directly to mind, not just because this game is going to be played in Birmingham, but because he's a tremendous scorer, one of the best in the nation. West Virginia was able to hold him in check, relatively speaking, and win that game. Do you, do you feel the same way about that comparison? Is this potentially a good matchup for West Virginia? I, I Well, let me push back on that a little bit. Let's remember that UAB game wasn't easy for West Virginia. Definitely not. Right, not right. It wasn't like they had a, a walk in the park. They lost one of their starters for an extended period of time in that game because of how tough UAB was defensively. And I think that's another parallel you can draw with Maryland. When when Coach Willard came into College Park, he lowered their defensive uh, scoring average by seven points. They're one of the tougher defensive teams in the league. Pair that with the fact that they have an elite scorer, they are a very similar team to uh, UAB. So it's not going to be a walk in the park in that sense, I don't think. Absolutely. And, and let's, be, let's be real, this is a team that beat Purdue this season, 68-54. Yeah. Uh, West Virginia, of course, lost to Purdue early in the season. So I think it's an intriguing matchup. Really excited for this one. West Virginia played Maryland in the NCAA tournament in 2015. This is a series that had a ton of traction in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, was a staple of West Virginia's men's basketball schedule. Uh, things change. It fell off, and now they've really only met in postseason play as of uh, recent years, but it is going to be a good one nonetheless. So as we look ahead, West Virginia could potentially play Alabama. That seems to be the likely outcome if West Virginia were to win in the first round against Maryland. That is such a peculiar matchup. Alabama, one of the hottest teams in the country after winning the SEC tournament. Bama won three in a row and has won seven of its last eight to finish the season, or at least to enter the postseason, I should say, at 29-5 and five overall. But this is a season shrouded in controversy. I'm sure you've heard all about it already. In January, former Crimson Tide player Darius Miles was dismissed from the team. He was recently indicted just a few days ago on capital murder charges. Police have also stated that Alabama freshman Brandon Miller may have somehow been involved in the murder of Jamia Harris, but he hasn't been charged, and so he's going to continue playing for the team and has continued playing for the team. He's their best player. He averages just shy of 20 points per game. He also averages more than eight rebounds per game and is arguably one of the best freshmen in the country. Uh, so that, I feel, has to be mentioned when you talk about this Alabama team. But if you're talking just strictly about the basketball and putting the ex external stuff aside, Sam, 
West Virginia is going to be in the same pod as the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. We know that West Virginia has not beaten Kansas this year. We know that it lost to Purdue. Those are two other number one seeds. The other two are Houston and this Alabama squad that West Virginia could potentially see in the second round. What do you think about that as a draw for West Virginia? Is it possible that WVU maybe uh, got a better one seed in its pod? Is it the worst possible outcome? Where do you fall on that? Uh, I think the worst possible outcome would be probably Kansas, honestly. For a fourth time. Could For you imagine that? For a fourth time, yeah. I think that would just the, – the, it's just a, it just seems like a, a, a tough matchup for WVU. Alabama would be a close second, I think. Um, okay. Now you look back at Alabama's schedule, right? Uh, the only time they played against a, a Big 12 team was when they got beaten pretty handedly by Oklahoma in Norman. But they came back and they turned SEC teams into mincemeat. They came back with a vengeance and they proved that they might be the best team in the country. I would have rather WVU matched back up with Purdue. Mm. I thought they, they rolled with them pretty pretty well in Portland. Um, and I think if they got a second chance, then they would have had a shot. But um, and Alabama and Kansas were the two teams that I, I was – I don't think they would have matched up with Kansas anyway, just the way the committee works. But then realistically, Alabama was the one team I really did not want them to, to mm. line up against. And they got Alabama – in Birmingham, Alabama, less than an hour away from Tuscaloosa. So it's not exactly an ideal situation if, if they make it into the second round. Yeah, right. But, hey, as a nine seed, you cannot be a chooser, right? I, I guess that, that West Virginia kind of played its way into this position this season by having a slow start to Big 12 play. And right. so you kind of get what you get, and you have to make the best out of that situation. Upsets happen. I think West Virginia, if it plays as well as it can, has a shot against really any team in the field. Um, I think that one thing that we've learned this season is that if Eric Stevenson is cooking, this team is really hard to beat, regardless of how good you are. But I think that both against Maryland and a potential matchup against Alabama, it's not just going to be can Stevenson score, and if not, who fills that void. It's can Stevenson score, and can they play really great defensively uh, in order to win these games? Because they they did hang tight with Kansas. They had it as a two-possession game, various points in the second half. Just never could get over the hump. KU kind of ran away with that game. I think that was kind of a common theme in some of the close games for West Virginia this year. I know Coach Huggins always alludes to the fact that West Virginia lost a lot of games at the free throw line, lost a lot of games because it made silly turnovers, whatever. Like I think there were a lot of winnable games on West Virginia's schedule where they were tight, WVU had an opportunity, and then something went wrong, whether it was mental or otherwise. You cannot have those types of mistakes at this point in the season. Not at all. And On, on the plus side, this is an experienced team, a lot of veteran players, but which is which is invaluable when it comes to March, but the the thing that they truly lack is that experience in, in this tournament. I mean, Emmett Matthews is the guy I, I believe with the most tournament experience. Eric Stevenson, like you mentioned, has never played a single minute in in the NCAA yeah, tournament. Yeah, he's in what his twenty fifth year as a college basketball player. Just kidding. Yeah, his fifth playing season. his fifth season playing for his eighth team. <laughs> no, again, joking. But um, yeah, I mean and the. Experience has always been the indispensable, uh, valuable. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Characteristic. Characteristic. Trait. Exactly. There you go. Those. That, thank you very much. Um, yeah. The, the the trait that a team needs to to advance really far. I mean, I think the only team that has won it all that was really freshman was Kentucky in 2012. 
and that team was just bulletproof. Um, yeah, the, that's the one thing that kind of scares me as a Mountaineer fan looking mm. ahead is the the lack of experience and, and the mental mistakes, like you said. Certainly so. So West Virginia, Maryland, again, coming up Thursday at noon on CBS. It is the first first-round game of the day on Thursday. We'll get you ready for all the action during our Mountaineer Game Day tournament special, which is coming up Wednesday at 7 p.m. You can watch that on our Nextar affiliates here in West Virginia and Maryland. Those are WBOI in Clarksburg, WOWK in Charleston, WTRF in Wheeling, WVNS in Beckley, and DC News Now, WDVM in Hagerstown, Maryland. It will also air live on AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And if you miss it, if you can't watch it, if you're out of market, whatever, we'll archive it and post it on our website after the show airs. Again, that's Wednesday at 7 on our Next Star affiliates here in West Virginia and Maryland at AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. On the other side of this break, we'll look at the women's basketball bracket and react to Don Plitzewhite's outstanding debut season here in Morgantown. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano. West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Golden Blue Nation podcast continues. Nick Farrell here alongside Sam Caniglio. We've already broken down the men's basketball bracket. Let's take a look at the women's basketball bracket. Mountaineer women getting in an at-large bid in the Big 12 after finishing fourth place and a tie for fourth place in the league. 19 overall wins and 10 wins in the league. So the Mountaineers are a 10 seed. They'll play Arizona in the first round of the NCAA tournament Friday at noon on ESPN in College Park. Much like their counterparts on the men's side, Mountaineer women missed the NCAA tournament last year. In fact, did not compete in postseason action after the Big 12 tournament a season ago. They most recently made the tournament in 2021 during Kaiser Gondrasic's final year at, at WVU. So what do you think of this, Sam? I know you mentioned earlier that we're both kind of in agreement. I wasn't sure what to expect last night heading into Selection Sunday. We're recording this on Monday evening, by the way. Uh, I, I honestly was kind of maybe cold to lukewarm on the team's chances of getting into the NCAA tournament. There were various projections saying a bunch of various different things. When it's all said and done, though, I think this team truly deserves to be in. It was terrific, above 500 in a very competitive Big 12 conference. And just the job that Don Plitzelwhite's team, or, or coaching staff, I should say, has done with this team is absolutely remarkable when you consider that more than half the roster is new players this year, all learning a new system very quickly and having uh, what amounted to a very successful first season under her leadership. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is a hot take. Maybe I'm a little biased here, but I personally think she was kind of robbed of Coach of the Year in the Big 12. Wow. Just because there were no expectations. Nobody thought any that they were going to really, you know, uh, achieve anything per se. Nobody really knew what they could achieve. But the fact that they're, you know, they made it into the NCAA tournament, a little bit disappointing in the conference tournament, obviously. They were a millimeter away from moving on to the second round, but the fact that they were able to even sneak into the conference, uh, into the NCAA tournament, excuse me, after such uncertainty and so many crazy pieces that, that had to fit in just right, 
I, I, I think that, yeah, she, she's done a great job. Man, what a take by you, although I'm not sure it's a hot take because Coach P was the KAL Award winner last year, a National yeah. Coach of the Year Award at South Dakota. She beat Baylor on Baylor's home court in the NCAA tournament last year to go to the Sweet 16 with the Coyotes and then beat Baylor two more times this season with West Virginia. Nobody's had Baylor's number over the last several years, quite like Coach Plitzewhite. Uh her team was really solid this year. She's gotten the most out of two really talented guards in J.J. Quinterly and Madison Smith. In fact, you can make the case that Madison Smith, a 50-year senior, is playing the best basketball of her career as it comes to a close. Maybe that's because she gets, you know, she's sensing, hey, I'm running out of time. I got to make the most of what's left. Maybe it's a combination of that and the fact that Coach P has done a terrific job with her guards this year. Uh, but, but yeah, really, really impressed by what West Virginia has been able to do this season. A team that was picked to finish eighth in the Big 12, finished in a tie for fourth place in her first year, and ultimately gets into the NCAA tournament. But when we're talking NCAA tournament matchup, that game with Arizona is super intriguing because it's another sort of full circle moment from last year's team. The final under Mike Carey, the winningest head coach in WVU women's basketball history. One of several players to leave the program and find a new Division I destination was Esmeri Martinez, a double-double machine for WVU who is doing the same thing at Arizona. She is She's on that team averaging about 13 and 8 or something like that this season. So really solid numbers. Uh, that makes this contest super interesting because you've got Esmeri Martinez going up against her former team and some of her former teammates, including Quinterly and Smith, among others. Not only that, but Martinez might be the X factor in the game mm. because right. we spoke to Coach Plitzewhite earlier today in her press conference, and she was basically saying her biggest concern is rebounding. And what's Esmeri Martinez good at? Rebounding. Um, she's really good at rebounding. One of, one of the best in the country, really. Yeah, exactly. So um, that that could be the, her presence on a different team. And just think about it. It could be the difference between uh, WVU moving on in the NCAA tournament. That's just kind of a, a weird little, maybe we're stre- reaching a little bit here as reporters. We tend to do that. But, <laughs> you know, that, that maybe, maybe we're not. No, Us no. reach? Never. Never. No. The stories always write themselves. No, that's yeah. right. That's right, man. So I, I do think it's super interesting that the connection with Esmeri Martinez, really excited for the women's basketball team and excited to see how they play. You know, one thing that Coach P mentioned is that when you play in the Big 12 and you're located in Appalachia, every road trip is a long one. But this one is really not that long. It's about a three-hour drive from Morgantown, right? You've got maybe folks who live out on the Eastern Panhandle who are big Mountaineer fans who are going to get an even closer drive than if they were to come to Morgantown to go out to College Park, Maryland. Uh, Yeah, it's a great, great opportunity for the Mountaineers and their fan base to maybe show out a little bit here in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Maybe couldn't have asked for a better draw in terms of geography than that. Uh, If you win against Arizona, you likely get two-seed Maryland Sunday in the second round. That's an incredibly tall order. When, when you consider that Maryland is one of the best teams in the country and has been a power over the last several years. Uh, but, hey, at this point, I think a team that was on the bubble going into Selection Sunday don't like to use cliches, but you're playing with house money at this point, right? If the Mountaineers can go on a little bit of a run, Coach P has done it as a low seed, a double-digit seed in the past. I would not want to coach against her in March. She, she has a reputation of being a killer in March at the NCAA tournament, and maybe the magic is still there with the Mountaineers. She didn't earn Coach of the Year in, in October. That's right. You know, so Very true. And, and she didn't start her three-game win streak against Baylor in, in December, right? So, um, you know, th- there's something about 
something that turns teams on and and it, it is an interesting challenge you know I, I believe it was John Antonic brought it up um, to to coach Plitzwhite where you know she's no longer at South Dakota she's at West Virginia and while West Virginia may not be a powerhouse necessarily in women's basketball historically speaking it's still a power five program it's still a big name um, and like for example if Holy Cross somehow manages to be Maryland in the first round, <laughs> then then WVU would be the Goliath in that in that instance. Um, so you know it's definitely a different mentality, different point of view. But you know, I'm excited to see it. So one last thought I will say, Sam, is that could you imagine what things would be like around here if two different Maryland teams ended two different West Virginia team seasons within a span of three days? That just would not be good. The other side of it is two West Virginia teams could end two Terrapin seasons in a span of about three days. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting around here. Well, we're already getting our wires crossed because you know we we have some people heading out to College Park to right. cover WVU. We have some people going down to Birmingham, Alabama to see WVU play Maryland. I mean, it's 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 a little confusing right now <laughs> because one team's going to College Park to not play Maryland, the other one's going away from College Park to play Maryland. It's, <laughs> it's only kinda, in the NCAA tournament could you come up with scenarios yeah. like these, right? And, and they're going, and not only that, WVU women. They're, the women are going to College Park to play in the Greenville, South Carolina region. So it's just been a mishmash of geography in my head, and I, uh, I, I can't wait till they just get to the Final Four. Yeah, uh, there you go. Or whoever gets there you to the go. Final Four. All right. Let's knock on wood here. Fair enough, Sam. Okay, so before we wrap this up, we do have one thing to share. Uh, this will be Sam's final podcast with Golden Blue Nation. He's getting ready to take a new job closer to home in Rochester, New York. Sam, we're super appreciative of everything you've done for Golden Blue Nation over the years. You know... Uh, quick story on Sam is that he's the only digital content producer in our history. Joined us in 2019 when his position was brand new, back when we were called West Virginia Illustrated. Has kept it over the last four years and has really helped us grow uh, in, a, in a number of ways. So we're super appreciative of that, Sam, and all you've done for us. Well, uh, it's been an absolute blast. Um, we've had some, it's been a roller coaster ride uh, through a pandemic, through a number one regional in, in baseball in 2019, through Backyard brawls, basket brawls, base brawls, <laughs> um, all taking us all over the country. It's been a an absolute blast, a dream come true, and uh, it's it's a very bittersweet ending. Um, and uh, as a WVU alum, this like I said, it's been a dream come true uh, to to have this opportunity, run in these circles, and, and and witness the things that I've been able to witness. So. Thank you. Thank thank you to Golden Blue Nation and thank you to the readers for, I mean, <laughs> participating and engaging with our content so I could have a job here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to all of your fans out there, yeah, Sam, all my for fans, sure. Right, yes. right, right. Uh, well, one last thought, Sam. You'll always have a friend in Randy Maisie <laughs> who always look forward to Sam throwing out the first pitch at every Randy Maisie press conference that there's been for the last couple of years. Yeah, and he'd always. Uh, send it 480 to left field um, sometimes <laughs> would dance all the way down to first base bat um, flipping on you a little bat flip on me saying my my questions are too easy but uh no I, I mean that's that's one of the things i'm actually really bummed about um was i i if, if you've been listening to the golden blue nation podcast over the last calendar year you've probably heard my voice doing baseball and uh the baseball team has had been near and dear to my heart since since I was a student here um, calling the games for U92, and I was at the first – I actually told this to Coach Maisie. I, I was at the first 
game in Monongalia County Ballpark in 2015. Um, I was a little ambitious as a freshman. I wore shorts in March. Um, <laughs> oh man! Yeah, that was that was tough. But uh, I caught a foul ball, and it was it was a blast. And um, from then on, I, I mean, it was I was already you know it, it really deep into the the sports teams, but the baseball team then kind of was really special to me because it was a beautiful ballpark. You know, it seemed like I was at a minor league baseball game. So, um, yeah, no, this has been an absolute wild four years of Golden Blue Nation, almost a decade at, in, in Morgantown. Um, like I said, a bittersweet end. Well, Sam, we appreciate everything you've done, man. Yeah, thank you very much. And best wishes moving forward. Appreciate it. All right, that's a wrap on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast, brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawfirm.com. If you haven't subscribed, please do so on your preferred podcast platform. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Music. And leave us a review if you like the show. Don't forget Mountaineer Game Day Tournament Special is coming up Wednesday at 7 on our next star affiliates here in West Virginia and Maryland, as well as AT&T Sports Network. Pittsburgh. We hope to see you and talk to you then. For now, he's Sam Coniglio for a final time, and I'm Nick Farrell. I'll talk to you next time on the Golden Blue Nation podcast.